Welcome to Bonus Bites, a special mini episode of the Triple D Podcast. These bite-sized episodes are packed with information about disability benefits, disability news, and answers to your burning questions. Get ready to take a bite of what's going on this week. Here's your host, Michael Weiner. Welcome once again to Bonus Bites, um, a mini episode of the Triple D Podcast. Everyone that is watching live on TikTok right now has already seen this. But um, our listeners on Thursday are not. So this yeah. has been good, Katie. I mean, I I, um, I feel like I've been getting a lot of really strong feedback about these bonus bites episodes. Just the news that we're putting out there. It's things that people aren't really talking about, but it's good information to know if you or a loved one uh, or somebody that you're supporting is uh, receiving or applying for disability benefits. So this has been great. Yeah, and I feel like we've always been really interactive with everyone on social media, trying to answer all the questions we can. But this gives us a platform where we can go a little bit deeper on the headlines and listener questions and all of that. So, yeah, yeah, it's been great. Um, So shall we get into our headlines? Please. All right, let's do it. So the first one, and this was actually a question that was submitted to us on our last episode as well. So now this is a headline. Um, Tell me about the Senate committee that holds the hearing on long COVID. Yeah, so long COVID is something that's been talked about a lot lot the last several years, um, especially with people applying for disability benefits. You know, long COVID is essentially, um, you know, a COVID-19 infection and then the symptoms continuing. So um, it is a, a diagnosis or impairment that there's so many different shapes and forms that it comes in. It's not the same for everybody at all. Um, but, you know, long COVID has impacted Americans in such an incredible way over the last several years. Um, you know, it often manifests in extreme fatigue and muscle weakness. Um, and it looks like so many other impairments, but really what it comes back to is an original COVID diagnosis. But even though it has impacted so many Americans. We really haven't had um, any changes in the law, even much recognition from lawmakers about long COVID. So the U.S. Senate Committee on Help, that's the acronym, but Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions, they held a session um, last, uh, it was a few weeks ago at this point, but it was really the first time that they really delved into um, long COVID and how it continues to impact Americans. There was testimony from doctors um, and testimony from patients, uh, people who are experiencing it. Um, and what was really cool to see, I watched the hearing, is just how um, it's, it really is a bipartisan thing. So, um, you know, it, it's encouraging to think that it, it just watching the hearings, it was senators from the left, senators from the right, everybody came together and recognized this is a problem. There were some cool quotes. I mean, um, one of the uh, Tim, uh, Tim Kaine, a, a senator, he actually had long COVID or has long COVID. Um, but, you know, there, there was just... Um, people on both sides of the aisle who were saying, you know, it's unacceptable to require people to fight their chronic illness and a healthcare system that won't recognize it. Mm -hmm. Um, So my goal, I'm sure everybody's goal from these hearings is that it starts opening up the conversation about um, what we need to do to expand care for patients of long COVID, recognition for it, um, and bring it back into the vein of social security disability. You know, in, in 
document some ways that people can demonstrate that they're unable to work as a result of it. Social Security has given some guidance, but frankly, not much. Um, and it really is impacting people in, in a long-term and meaningful way. I mean, here we are four years past when the pandemic started. I feel like we've gotten so many questions really just about long COVID, if people can get disability benefits for it. And the answer that you've always given has just kind of been, well, you can't get it for a long COVID diagnosis. It's more for the symptoms that the long COVID causes. So this is just kind of a step in the direction of recognizing it as it is. Exactly. And it would be wonderful if maybe Social Security created a listing for long COVID or just something more objective, something more concrete that people can um, point to nine factors, just throwing out a number and say, with these things and, you know, this medical documentation from a doctor, you can receive these benefits. The, 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 The statistics that I've seen are incredible, Katie. Something like 20% of people who had COVID infections are suffering from some form of long COVID. That doesn't necessarily mean it's debilitating to them and they can't work um, and they can't enjoy their lives, but they are continuing to experience something in their lives that relates back to that infection. Absolutely. All right. Well, moving on to our second headline, this one, Social Security to make major payroll changes. So walk me through this headline. Yeah. So what this really relates to is how Social Security gets data about how much money people are earning while they're receiving disability. Because remember, you can still work a limited amount while receiving disability benefits. This year, you can earn up to $1,550 a month for a non-blind individual. But what happens is um, a lot of times people will assume that Social Security is pulling accurate data from payroll services um, and, and incorporating that. And they're not. They're getting outdated data, bad data, and people are receiving disability benefits who maybe aren't really eligible for it. And what's happened is there's this big outcry nationally where Social Security, they are required to you know, collect overpayments when somebody has paid too much money in disability benefits. Um, they're required to take that money back. But what's happening when it's it's based on social security collecting bad data because they have outdated systems. People keep receiving this check over the years. They don't understand the rules that they've got to follow in order to maintain eligibility. Um, and ultimately, it results in large overpayments where social security suddenly says to them, um, you owe a Um, an overpayment of $60,000 because we've been paying you for several years, but you weren't actually entitled to it. Um, So hopefully, um, and and it's called the payroll information exchange. That's what social security is investing in the infrastructure to create. Um, Hopefully that will uh, make it so they're getting more up-to-date, accurate, streamlined data. So these overpayments won't continue, at least not um, the way that they have been. I can imagine that, you know, getting a message like that is devastating for someone who's living off of disability benefits because it's already such a small amount already. So there's already that struggle. So I can't even imagine. And there have been so many news stories lately. I mean, 60 Minutes did a piece just last fall talking about overpayments. I've seen several articles in the Washington Post and other large national publications talking about the problem when, um, you know, People find out years later they've been they think they've been doing everything they're supposed to be doing um, that suddenly they're they owe all this money back to government that they don't have. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, moving on to our final headline today. This is a big one. This is a question that we've seen a lot. It's something that's in the news happening. So um, this one, will Social Security recipients get a March check if the government does shut down? Yeah. So um, this is something that comes up a few times a year because there's always talk of the government shutting down. And frankly, for the last few years, um, Social Security has – not Social Security. The, the federal government, um, instead of passing any like real long-term spending um, agreements, they keep – doing these like shorter um, agreements, which expire. So then the question arises, the government's going to run out of money. I'm relying on a social security check to get paid every month. Will I still have my check show up in March? Because that's the next time that the current um, spending limit is set to expire. Um, And the answer, just so everybody can relax, is Yes. Um, Social security checks, it's an essential payment that is made to Americans. So regardless of whether you're receiving a disability check, a retirement check, you will continue to receive it. Um, Most social security employees are also considered essential employees. So they will continue to be working. Um, You know, all we can go on is old data from, uh, you know, I think last time that they put out a, a plan in case there was a government shutdown was in August. And the plan basically was to furlough about 8,000 of Social Security's 65,000-ish employees. So there will be a reduction in workforce. And of course, anytime you let go of 8,000 or tell 8,000 people to stay at home and not work, um, that could certainly, you know, result in there being uh, a, you know, I don't think it's going to result, it's not going to result in delays of payments, but perhaps delays on the customer service lines or delays in getting data back from social security if, if you have it, but your checks are safe. Your checks are safe. Okay, good. All right. So let's move on to listener questions. And we do answer these every Bonus Bites episode that we have. So if you have any question about anything we talked about today, anything else really you know, we'll take a look at any question that's submitted. So um, you can submit those in the comments here. You can submit them via DM or on our website, linerlegal.com. You just click on the community tab and there is a podcast page there for the Triple D podcast. There's a really simple form you can fill out. They come right to my email. Um, So this first one actually was submitted to us on our website. And um, I think it it makes a lot of sense for the people that are watching on TikTok as well, because people are watching from all over. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is, I live in Virginia, but you're based in Ohio. Can you still help me? Yeah. So one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that um, uh, social security is a federal process, right? So um, the law is the same regardless of whether you are located in uh, Ohio or whether you're in Colorado or Virginia or Alaska. And one big change due to COVID was geographic borders kind of fell. So, you know, five years ago, every time we went to court, we went to a hearing office. Um, Today, 99% of social security disability hearings take place over the phone not even on video. Um, So it doesn't matter where your lawyer's located. It doesn't matter where you're located. Um, What it really has done is it made it so that people can find the best help possible. You don't just have to hire the best help in your town or the best help that's reasonably close to you or somebody who's willing to travel to your town for hearing. You can find the best help in the country. Um, 
because we all charge the same for the most part. Um, the Social Security sets our fees. The hearing's going to li- you know, most likely happen over the telephone anyways. Um, and really putting a case together, as long as you have an attorney that wants to uh, engage nationally, they can help you regardless of where you're located. So um, I hope people really take away from this that you're, you, you're not just limited to who's in your backyard anymore. You can go and find a law firm, a lawyer, help that you're comfortable with that you really think is going to help you through your case. All right. And then going on to our next question, I applied for SSD a few months ago, and now they are sending me to their doctor. Is this a good sign that I'll be approved? Yeah. So this is a really like common misconception that I um, love dispelling because a lot of times where, where, where I find I have to address this is clients will call new clients will call us after receiving an initial denial in the mail and they'll say um you know I know why they were denied they didn't even send me to see a doctor and they think that if social security had just sent them to see a doctor that would have been a strong sign that they would be approved that is not why they send people to doctors right they send people to doctors to support a denial right so if you're sent to a consultative exam, usually what it means is that when Social Security medical consultants were reviewing your records, they did not feel that they had enough information to close out your claim, okay? Keyword for close out a claim or you know, read, read between the lines, deny you. Um, and so what they do is they send you to a doctor's exam who they pay for. These exams are short, they're brief, they're, they're, it's, it's like looking at somebody with cloudy eyes um, and their goal from that is to not get the best information from you, it's to do good enough and have somebody with the initials of an acceptable medical source sign the opinion so that they can support denying you. So to kind of go back to the question, um, them sending you to their doctor, it happens in most cases that people do get sent, but it's not so that Social Security can find support for your claim. It's really so they can support denying it. So just to ask a follow-up to that, is anyone ever approved without going to one of those consultative exams? All the time. Okay. All the time. And people get approved who do go to those exams. But um, them not sending you to a doctor, I generally feel like that's a good thing because it's avoiding usually harmful evidence entering a file. Um, And if they do send you to one, don't infer that that means that, oh, I'm inching closer to approving. They sent me to an exam. That means that they had insufficient evidence without it to close out your claim. Okay. All right. Well, that wraps it up for our listener questions. Again, if you have any questions, go ahead and submit those on our website. It's linerlegal.com. Submit them in the comments. Um, And I want to talk a little bit about who we're going to have on the podcast next week. So we're reaching the end of February now. So March is actually MS Awareness Month. And so you have Julie on the podcast next week, March 7th. The episode's going to drop. She's the president of the Ohio branch of the MS Society. Tell me a little bit about your conversation. It was an interesting one, I thought. Yeah, we we, we recorded the conversation last week. Um, and what she did is she really kind of dispelled a lot of myths that people have about multiple sclerosis and talked about how it can take many different shapes and forms. But the thing that I've frankly been thinking about for the last week since we had the conversation um, is she said that researchers right here in Ohio, by the way, you know, out of the entire world, the entire country right here in Ohio 
are literally getting close to a cure. Um, and you know, there's a lot of researchers who, the, who believe that within the next decade, we're going to be able to cure multiple sclerosis, mm-hmm. um, which is debilitating. Uh, and, and I see so many clients of mine who have it. Um, but the idea that we can cure it and eradicate the earth of it is just amazing. So tune in for the conversation. It was really fun. Absolutely. A lot of great information and very hopeful too. It was really interesting to hear what's going on with that. All right. Well, that is going to be coming out next week on March 7th. So make sure that you tune in. Um, If you're not tuning in here on TikTok Live, make sure that you're following us on TikTok. So much information going out there every single day. That's at Backwards Hat Barrister. Um, And I think that that's all that we have going on for this week. Yeah. Thank you, Katie. Great hanging out with you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Bonus Bites, a mini episode of the Triple D podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe, and tune in next week for more disability news and headlines.